Hello, and welcome to the German New Medicine Stories podcast. May listening bring liberation and lightness to your healing journey. Please note that nothing that I or any of my guests say here is or should be misinterpreted as medical information or advice. These are personal stories, not prescriptions. Um, so today I'm actually going to do something a bit different. I'm not interviewing anybody and I'm not, um, I don't think anyway, going to share any of my own uh, personal resolution stories. Um, but I want to talk about something that I get a lot of questions about. And I think, um, is a place where people maybe get a little bit of stuck in the beginning with German new medicine and, um, sort of unintentionally miss uh, a big chunk of what it has to offer. So, um, it might be a little controversial. I mean, I don't happen to think it is, but then I always, uh, seem to think that and <laughs> find out otherwise. Um, but what I wanna talk about basically is um, the topic of uh, poisoning and um, toxins from the perspective of German new medicine. And um, I think it's controversial because so many of us, me definitely included, have spent many years and thousands of dollars and like a lot of very, fearful thoughts on the idea um, that toxins cause disease. And um, and that is really quite in opposition to uh, the discoveries of Dr. Homer uh, and, and the five biological laws of nature. Um, and so I'm going to kind of talk about that in uh, maybe from like a wider lens uh, briefly the beginning, and then I'm going to talk specifically about um, childhood uh, injections, the Rona poke, and um, I also want to talk about shedding, and we'll see what else I cover. And I'm not going to use the actual word. I mean, I don't know at this point, does it really matter, but I want to put this on YouTube. So <laughs> um, I will do my best to speak in a way that won't get this video flagged. Um, Okay, so as you're learning German medicine, you know, most people start where one should start, which is with the five biological laws. And so, you know, you're reading the first biological law, which is the iron rule of cancer. And, um, you know, I translate that to just shock first, symptom second. So every symptom, whether it's, you know, a breast cancer, um, a stomach cancer, a bone cancer, or, um, a sty in your eye or um, diarrhea or a rash on your foot, whatever. Every single symptom um, is preceded by a conflict shock. And a conflict shock, uh, you know, means something very specific in Germany medicine. So this is something that catches you off guard. Okay. So you're, you're not prepared for it. The, um, this event, this, um, this accusation, this phrase, this break up this whatever, you know, just kind of wasn't in your picture of reality of what could be possible. That's the first criteria of a conflict shock that it catches you off guard and on the wrong foot. Um, the second is that it's emotionally isolating. And so, you know, there, there could be people around in the context of, of whatever the, um, the conflict shock is, but that for whatever reason, um, you know, you feel that the true feeling can't go expressed in the moment because for a thousand different reasons, you know, typically because other people might judge you for it, or you're even judging yourself for the, the kind of uh, initial unconscious impulse and reaction feeling to a situation. Um, and so here the emotion goes unexpressed. And then the third criteria is that it's like a, it's an acute a specific moment in time. So um, it's not like a generalized um, you know, well, I got sick during my most recent breakup or, you know, so something like this. It's a very specific, no, like at, it's, it was, you know, 2, 10 PM on a Monday afternoon and you were totally happy, da, da, da. And then, you know, 2, 11, that's when the text message came in. That's when, you know, your boyfriend dropped the bomb on you. That's when your boss accused you of something. That's when you got the call or your kid was in a car accident, whatever. Um, but it's a very specific moment in time, okay? It's very precise. 
So anyways, that's, you know, kind of a very brief overview of the first biological law and that, you know, in response to the specific um, flavor of that conflict shock, um, a special biological program, um, tissue adaptation will be initiated, um, you know, totally uh, outside of your of your conscious awareness, um, you know, for the purpose of your survival. And um, and then people get to the part, typically they're on learninggnm.com, and they get to the part um, that says there are three exceptions to this law. And those three exceptions are injury, poisoning, and um, you know, like extreme malnutrition. And I think this is where people <laughs> um, get stuck or confused basically because when they read the when they read that line that says you know the exception is poisoning um they you know mo most people by the time you come to gnm you know you have many years in the alternative health world and kind of collected this like long list of things that you believe cause cancer cause disease um you know um whatever is being sprayed on the food the emfs the mold um childhood injections, you know, whatever, all of these things. And that is these physical substances that, you know, interact with our body and create disease, which, you know, still in the alternative health world, uh, you know, so-called disease is still considered like a, a malfunction, right? Like something has gone wrong. And the reason, the cause of the going wrong for a lot of people definitely was for me was, well, it's the toxins, right? It's the toxins in the food, in the air, in the water, in the walls, um, you know, all of this coming from my, my Wi-Fi router. Um, and so they read that, well, poisons are an exemption, you know, they are an exception to this, to this law that otherwise, you know, has no exceptions, is 100% applicable all of the time. And they read that line and kind of plug and play with, um, their their previous um understanding of you know what causes disease and what counts as a poison um into really what is an entirely different paradigm and what this leads to is like far too broad of an application um of this um you know exemption to to the law to to this exception um and so I mean, whatever, like doesn't, it doesn't really, on one level, it doesn't really matter at all. And on another level, like the, the point of, of why I want to do this is because I think that this kind of uh, applying and assuming that this um, uh, exception to the law uh, is more common than it actually is just prevents like a full understanding and a full um, experience of of like the, the liberation that is possible, you know, when you really understand the five biological laws of nature and also to, you know, it prevents, I think the full kind of access to, to health. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I want to get into today is like unpacking that. And look, this was also when I first found Germany medicine, like this was, I had the, the same experience, right. It was like, okay, I'm learning and sure. I could see that like, you know, maybe even most, um diseases most symptoms are caused by conflict shocks but i have like this kind of like bucket over here that i'm gonna keep of um of like things that i think for certain are caused by uh you know toxins uh coming into the body and just over time like that has kind of just just come undone as i've started to ask questions that just never occurred to me before. Uh, questions like, you know, how, how does it actually happen in the body? Like, how is it that one poison, let's, let's take um, glyphosate, right? You know, we're all eating organic food to avoid glyphosate and, you know, and many other chemicals, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use glyphosate in this example. So how is it that, um, this one chemical can produce thousands of different symptoms in different people, right? Like we're all in this culture under a fairly homogenous toxic load at this point. Obviously, some places more or less than others. Um, but, you know, 
most people, I mean, probably a lot of people are the exceptions who are listening to this because you, most of you probably eat organic food and all the rest. Um, but, but what is the mechanism by which this like one chemical is transformed within the body into a symptom and not just one symptom, but like seemingly just totally random. Like why is it that we all express with different symptoms if we're all under what is fairly at this point, a homogenous toxic load, at least from my perspective. Um, how, how does this happen, right? Like how does EMF exposure or, um, you know, childhood injections or um, or whatever's in our food, in our water, create so many different symptoms. Why? What is going on there? Um, what is mediating that? Why is it just totally random? And, um, you know, German New Medicine, what Dr. Hummer discovered is just a, a totally you know, stunningly simple, coherent explanation, biological explanation of of why, you know, why do we all present with different symptoms at different times in different combinations, different intensities for a different amount of times? Why? Like what, what explains that? Is it just totally random or is there a reason? Well, we understand now there is a reason. It's the, the specific psychological context of the person, their life and the conflict shock. Okay. Because no, every, or every disease is preceded by this specific conflict shock, which, you know, triggers um, an adaptation at the three levels of the body. So the psyche, the brain, so there'll be a, a Hallmark focus in a specific um, area, brain relay, okay? And then there'll be a tissue adaptation um, in a very specific part of the body that is not random, okay? So this is this Germany medicine like answers just all these questions like why does one person get breast cancer and another gets liver cancer and another gets full body eczema you know why does why do people have allergies to different things and why do people have different um, uh, symptoms even to the same allergen right well the explanation is the conflict shock this is like the 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 nucleus of, of all disease, the, the, the beginning. And, um, that's why we focus on it so much, right? Germany medicine is, is a cause-based medicine. Um, and so, okay. So I, I want to get into some specific examples because I think hopefully, um, maybe this will offer a different perspective. So, you know, as I go into these examples, I want to just, you know, invite you for the next, I don't know, whatever half an hour it'll take me to get through these, to just like erase from your mind the idea that that poisons, that physical substances um, cause disease. Okay, maybe just drop the possibility and we'll try on something else. Maybe there is something else going on. So if we talk about um, childhood injections, you know, we all in the alternative health world understand that there is some kind of connection between children receiving these injections and autism, right? We just have countless stories, likely personal. If not, you know, you've probably read plenty on the internet of children going from fine, healthy, normal, thriving children to kind of full autistic behavior in a very short period of time following um, their childhood injections. And because we're very versed in the the kind of toxins called cause disease world, which, you know, it makes sense that that hypothesis makes sense. It makes sense to ask whether that would be the cause, right? We have a physical symptom, so a physical cause, a physical input. Um, and so, you know, most people could conclude, I totally concluded that it's the material, it's the physical substance that is being transferred from the needle into the child, um, that is what is creating this, uh, this expression of symptoms, okay? Here we're mostly talking like behavioral symptoms, um, but obviously it's a, it's a mix of both. But from the perspective of German New Medicine, we start to ask different 
questions, right? Instead of, um, you know, asking, well, what was it that was injected? Um, we ask, what was it like to be that child, to be inside of the, the body, the emotional internal world of that child through the experience of having this physical substance, you know, transferred into their body. Um, because in Germany medicine, that is the answer of, of why we experience symptoms and why we experience different symptoms at different points in our lives. It's, it's because of the unique individual psychological experience. And so, um, in Germany medicine, we understand that autism is something that Dr. Hammer called a constellation. So a constellation is the most advanced topic in Germany medicine, but like very, very simply, it's a specific combination of conflicts, okay? And so when there are these kind of specific combinations of conflicts, instead of having a um, you know major tissue level, level adaptation, um, we enter behavioral adaptations. And so we're talking autism, uh, uh, bulimia, anorexia, depression, you know, all, all these kinds of different, uh, behavioral, uh, adaptations, psychoses. Um, and so specifically with autism, we're looking at the constellations in the temporal lobe of the brain. And the two primary conflicts here are scare fright. So this is the kind of female perceived <laughs> there is danger and it's the um you know when when we're in female perception it's kind of the the wanting to flee sort of get away and then that's the first conflict the second is territorial anger that's the more male perceived the like the fight you know and so um when a child has both of these conflicts act conflicts active so these are in opposing parts of the temporal lobe on either side when both of these are active they enter into the autistic constellation. And depending on the conflict load, so the intensity of both the scare fright and the territorial anger, so how great is the impact uh, um, in the brain relay, that will dictate, um, you know, how intense are the, how intense is the presentation of autism? which is very interesting, right? So when we look at the um, the idea that toxins cause disease, we don't really have an explanation of like, well, why do A, many children receive childhood injections and have no symptoms seemingly, right? They don't become, not everyone becomes autistic overnight when um, they get these childhood um, injections. And also, even those who present with this symptom, with this adaptation, um, it's not to the same intensity and it doesn't look the same in everybody. Why is that? Well, again, Germany medicine has a very elegant, very simple, very coherent explanation to that. One of those reasons is it depends on the conflict load, okay? Whether you're, you know, very functional or, um, you know, really not right depends on the intensity of the constellation another reason that can create so that's that's one thing that can, can, can create um uh, sort of the specific nuances of an autistic expression the other is that when we enter into constellation in the temporal lobe specifically something happens is called a maturity stop and so if the child at whatever age you enter a constellation into the in the temporal lobe, uh, there is a maturity stop, and so this explains um, like intense developmental delay. So if a child enters the autistic constellation very very young, they're very very little, they're going to have a maturity stop at that age. Whereas if a child enters the autistic constellation at an older age, you know they're going to have greater um, they're going to have developed more. They're going to, you know, have less immature behavior. Um, and so again, this is an explanation of, of these differences. Um, and another piece is that things are not just as simple as like, oh, you're just in the autistic constellation. It's very likely there are, that there are 
other constellations um, occurring simultaneously. So we're all pretty well <laughs> like co constellated in this modern world. We live in a very unbiological way. Um, and we all have multiple constellations interacting with each other. And this um, makes up our like unique personalities, okay? Um, and so alongside kind of the, just the, the, the basic autistic constellation, other constellations can be occurring simultaneously. As an example, what's another common symptom that we associate with autistic children that is not universal? Not every autistic child has a symptom, but many do. Well, uh, it's like stimming, right? Like, so like repetitive movements. And this is, um, the result of a motor conflict constellation. So this is multiple motor conflicts. What is a motor conflict? A motor conflict is feeling stuck. It is feeling trapped. It is, I can't move. I, I'm, I'm frozen in place. Well, what would be just a, like, uh, such a ripe opportunity for a child to experience a motor shock, probably being held down in the doctor's office to uh, be injected, right? Um, other common things might be um, the aggressive constellation. So depending again on like where the conflict load is in the aggressive constellation, this could look like um, autistic children that have very kind of like violent um, episodes, kind of like very angry externally, or it could be um, autistic children that are more kind of prone to like self-harm, like hitting themselves, this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, just to like, just to take a moment to go back, you know, maybe you have children yourself, maybe you're like me, you don't, but you know, you can kind of, you can tap into what it's like to be a very, very young child. I mean, I remember having to be persuaded, uh, very intensely. I was very scared to get my childhood injections and, um, that experience of, you know, you're in the car with your mom, you kind of probably know something's, you're, you're very intuitive, you're very aware, you can like read your mother, you go to the walk-in clinic or, or the doctor's office, or I don't know, where, wherever they do these things, they're probably at your, your GP, I guess. Um, and you're there in the waiting room, and maybe there's other kids, and maybe you hear the kids go in before you, and there's someone screaming or crying. Um, these are people you don't know. You're under bright lights, you're like alone in this room. And if we look at the criteria of a conflict shock, you're, you're caught off guard, caught on the wrong foot. You know, as a child, this is like not something that plays into your reality of like what could be possible. Also, you're very likely emotionally isolated. Why? Because, uh, right, your mom's sitting there going, it's okay, honey, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. Um, and even if she doesn't believe that, she's like trying to comfort the child like this. And so the, the kid goes, well, I'm fucking terrified. And like, I'm having this whole emotional experience that my mom is like clearly like unable to read. And so emotional isolation. Um, and then, you know, a specific acute moment in time. Um, and so um, just to start really asking these questions about, well, what was each child's experience right so not every kid not every kid cares um and not every child is going to have you know such a huge um conflictual response to getting their childhood injections but some will and perhaps this is the explanation of why not every child who goes in to receive you know the same dose of poison um presents with symptoms so, yeah, I mean, th this is like a very brief kind of um, introduction to what is a very big, you know, complex conversation that takes a lot of understanding of Germany medicine, right? Constellations is the most kind of advanced part. And the point is not like that you understand necessarily every detail of what I've said, but, you know, that kind of to like get a part of your brain, like considering that there's actually a lot more going on in that moment of of a child being injected than just the physical transfer of substances that we all know okay we all agree are not good for us okay um 
but is there something more going on? And have we kind of like really got these blinders on if we're only looking at, okay, well, what is it that's going into the child's bloodstream and not considering, well, what was the child's experience of that? Okay. So uh, another very relevant topic for all of us is the Rona injection. And um, again, probably if you're listening to this, you're aware of like adverse reactions and deaths and, you know, all of these different things that we either have, again, like experienced personally in our, to the people connected to us in our real life, or we hear online or at rallies or whatever, all these things, um, that there is something going on uh, with people who have received, you know, one or multiple of the Rona injections. And again, if you're like me, probably immediately assumed, well, it's what inside, it's what's inside of the needle, right? What is it? What's in there? What, you know, what satanic blah, 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 you know, thing is in there. Um, and, and again, my perspective on that has changed over time, the more that I have like integrated and really understood German new medicine and started asking different questions. Um, and so if you think about it, has there been a more psychologically intense conflictual time in any of our lives collectively than, you know, the past three years? Um, you know, it's just right for so many different kinds of conflict shocks, whether it's you know, fear, let's say you believe in the narrative. So you fear, you fear you're going to die, right? Um, or maybe you don't believe in the narrative, but you still fear you're going to get put in a concentration camp, okay? Um, we've been separated from our families. We've lost jobs. We can't travel. We've, you know, we, we can't move around our territory freely. I mean, we can now, but, you know, for many, for a long time, we couldn't. Um, and of course, has there been an a uh, injection that has a this this needle that has held more drama? Okay, more meaning to each individual, more symbolism than the Rona injection. I don't think so, right? It is just embedded with so much meaning, so much nuanced meaning for all of us, right? Like for each person, it means something different, and it is not just a fluid that is made up of whatever you think is in there, okay, um, it carries so much meaning. So for some people, it is the solution. It is the savior, right? It is like, thank you, God. And for others of us, you know, probably most of you listening to this, it's like, it's evil, right? It is, it is a killer. Um, and it is, uh, it represents like obedience to this paradigm, to these agendas that we don't agree with, okay? And so, um, again, we have to look at each individual uh, individual's experience of receiving that injection. So just like, um, you know, there's this huge kind of bucket list of uh, you know, what are the symptoms associated with Rona? There's also this very, very long list of uh, adverse reactions. And, you know, going back to that question I asked at the beginning, well, how is it that uh, one talks? And obviously there's different types of Rona injections, but, you know, whatever. How is it that five different ones can create, you know, hundreds of different symptoms? What is the means by which that kind of transformation occurs within each individual's body. And like, how can we predict that? How how do I know, like, why did one person die and one person got a rash and one person got paralyzed and, you know, whatever. Um, and maybe, right, from the perspective of Germany medicine, it's because of each individual psychological experience of the past three years and the meaning that each person assigned to receiving that injection. So, um, I think it would be very interesting, I don't know if this is at all possible, but it would be very interesting to somehow, uh, you know, kind of split the the uh, adverse reactions that we know of into like two buckets, right? The bucket of people who 
for them it was the savior okay and the bucket of people for whom it was um uh you know it was it was coerced or forced and I suspect that there would be different symptoms in different groups so um we know in Germany medicine, so we're now just going to speak briefly about the second biological law, which is the law of two phases. So we have the first phase is when we are conflict active, okay? And then we have the second phase, which is we enter after resolution, okay? After the, the stone has dropped from our soul, we feel relief, okay? The thing that we've been ruminating and churning over has has been resolved we now enter into the healing phase and this is not where all symptoms occur but it is where most symptoms occur and it is where um the healing crises occur which is you know kind of the uh the deadly events okay this is where it can become uh too much for for a person's um you know physiology to to come out alive from and so um, we're always kind of looking for two beats in Germany medicine, right? We're looking for the moment of conflict, and then we're looking for the resolution if the resolution has occurred. So let's say you are someone who believed wholeheartedly that in the deadliness of this quote unquote virus, okay? You really believed you were not going to be okay. It was not safe to go out. Um, you know, you were just in fear all of the time and you were just counting down your days until you could get this injection because you trust the medical system, okay? You believe in it. Well, what would be a resolution for people who 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 live in that worldview getting the injection? And so it would be expected that that person would experience resolution symptoms you know, either immediately um, or in the case of like the epileptoid crisis, the healing crisis, you know, that is going to be delayed from the moment of resolution. Um, and this could be things like heart attacks. You know, these are the moments where people drop dead. Um, now let's take another person who, um, a man who he's the provider for his household um, and he doesn't believe in what's happening, okay? But uh, he has received notice that if he does not take this uh, injection, that he's going to lose his job. Now, this could be experienced in many, many different ways. But let's say he had a territorial loss conflict. Okay, so he's conflict active, conflict active. He doesn't know what to do. You know, he doesn't believe in it. Does he take it? Does he not? He decides that you know to be able to feed his children, pay the mortgage, he's going to go and get the uh, the injection. Now, even though this person doesn't believe in it and doesn't, you know, think this is their savior, it is still could be a resolution for this man, okay? Um, because now he gets to go, oh, okay, that was awful. I had to do it, but relief, I can go back to work. I can pay the bills. You know, my family's going to be okay. Now, he might have also, you know, become conflict active in a different conflict at that point around what he had to do. But let's say he's had a resolution of his territorial loss conflict. Well. He can expect a heart attack, um, you know, a few weeks from that point in time, depending on the conflict load um, and, and, and duration. Um, or let's say you were somebody who um, your entire family basically said, we you, you cannot see us unless you get this injection. And so you have an active separation conflict with your whole family. OK. And so under duress, you choose to go and get the um, injection. Well, you might, in this case, have the resolution symptoms of like a full body uh, separation conflict and break into like a massive rash symptom. Okay. Um, now let's take a different person who doesn't want to get it, doesn't believe in it, feels just trapped between a rock and a hard place. Maybe this also applies for the previous two stories that I told. Um, but who, who, um, upon receiving the injection or whatever period of time after um, is experiencing paralysis. Well, paralysis is a conflict active phase symptom of, um, of a motor conflict, right? We just talked about this earlier a little bit. This is feeling stuck. I'm frozen in fear. I cannot move. I don't have a choice. Um, 
and so here this would be someone who who might have had a shock at the moment of you know deciding to um to to receive this injection um but they weren't fully on board with it it wasn't a resolution for them it was a conflict for them and so they were experiencing conflict active phase symptoms um so you know, this is, we, we'd have to go through like every single symptom, but, and every single person's story and interview each person. And what was your experience of the past three years? And what did this uh, injection mean to you? Like, why did you get it? And what, what were your kind of like secret or not so secret trepidations about it? Um, you know, what meaning did your psyche embed into this needle entering your body? Okay. There is so much more going on than just the physical input of what probably everyone listening to this can agree is a is a toxin you know it's not something you want to put into your body um but is it the cause i don't know and and i'm not saying that i know for sure that it that it's not the cause okay um but i'm saying i definitely don't know that it for sure is <laughs> And I think really the only way that we could determine, you know, even in the, in the case of autism as well, like I, I also don't know for sure. And I don't think anyone in GNM would say that like what's in the needle doesn't matter at all. But really the, the way to determine, you know, is a symptom the result of a conflict shock or is it the result of a toxin that, you know, through some mechanism is, um, you know, creating a symptom in a person would be, um, would be a brain CT scan um, because it, then someone skilled in reading brain CT scans uh, from the perspective of the five biological laws, you know, who understands how to read all of the brain relays could, you know, with great accuracy, without knowing your child, right, they could look at it and say, yep, you know, this, this, this child is, is in the autistic constellation, you know, and also has a motor constellation going and has these other symptoms. You could look very, we could see, okay, if the person has the, um, has the homophocus in the brain relays that are associated with autism or are associated with a territorial loss conflict or a separation conflict or whatever, then we can know, um, like that would be the way to conclusively know, you know, is it the, the being caused by the substance that's being put in the body or is it being caused by the experience that the person had while that substance was being transferred into their body? Um, so hopefully you're all following and this is making sense. Um, the other thing that, you know, I think it's very interesting to look back retrospectively at, which is the fear of shedding, right? So depending on how long you've been in the alternative health world, um, you probably remember <laughs> the time when these, the, when the Rona injections first came out and there was just kind of, diffused terror amongst us all who were on telegram or on instagram or whatever and receiving just this like endless barrage of um fear about well what is in those you know and is it possible or some people saying it's not just possible but it's absolutely happening that there is this thing called shedding that even if you don't receive this injection if you are in the presence of others who have received it you know, these magical floaties come and they come inside of you. And especially for women, what was the thing that was the top fear? You can probably remember the kind of fear that again and again was being seeded was if, if this shedding thing is true, it is specifically, you know, targeted for some kind of population control means that is going to um, make it, it's going to affect our fertility, whether it's, you know, right now, or in the future, in some unknown time, you may not be able to get pregnant because you are around people who have received this injection, all right? And all the stories about um, kind of the, the increase in miscarriages and um, blood clots and all of this. And um, it's just very interesting, right? Because again, here, there was a collective experience of a collective psychological experience of shock right like and that this this conflict shock it can be like I mean I, I can like literally see still I don't know who who it was but I can see like there was this message going around on Instagram um right where like everyone was sending it to everybody about 
you know, please share, we need to put it out there that women are being targeted um, and the shedding is going to affect our fertility. Public shock, right? It's just like, a so, would <laughs> be such a classic DHS. And, uh, and, and where, and where would this conflict shock, uh, what tissue adaptation, what brain relay would it target? Well, you can't say conclusively, it would be unique to each person and some people wouldn't be conflicted and others would be. But as an example, probably there was quite a few women who had an implantation conflict, right? Uh, procreation conflict. Am I going to be able to get pregnant? I'm not going to be able to get pregnant. I'm not going to be able to have a baby. I'm all of this fear. And um, and what could be a symptom that's created by these um, the conflicts associated with the uterus? Well, my guess is extreme clotting. And so, um, which then, okay, then you're then also then you see the clots and then it just keeps you on the track. It keeps you in that fear of like, oh my God, what has happened to me? I mean, I remember, I, I just so precisely remember this experience. And, you know, I knew Germany medicine at the time, but not in the way that I know it now in my body. And, um, and I still had really not understood what Dr. Homer meant by, you know, an exception being poison. I, I was doing exactly what I'm talking about here, which is, you know, applying it far too broadly and, and not, taking into consideration the psychological experience. Okay, so I think that pretty much concludes everything that I wanted to say about this topic. Um, and yeah, I hope it's clear that I'm not saying that I know precisely that each one of these things, whether it's autism or adverse reactions or the symptoms that you know people were associating with quote unquote shedding, that um, you know that these are exclusively the uh, the result of conflict shocks. Um, but I'm inviting you all to ask that question. Um, and personally, the things that I, upon originally coming in contact with Germany medicine and the five biological laws that I, that I initially assumed, and I put in the bucket of exceptions because they were what I understood to be poisons. Well, these are poisons, you know, these are not um, these are not biological substances, um, that it can be true that, that these are, these are toxins. They're not, you know, supportive of our vitality. Um, and that can be true while also being true that they are not the cause of disease. So, um, I now kind of, the, my way of interpreting, uh, I could be wrong about this, but my way of interpreting of what Dr. Hummer means about you know, that poisons are the exception is that, you know, if, if all people took this, uh, took the same dose of, uh, poison, you know, uh, tuned to their, to their body weight would express the same precise symptom or maybe few symptoms, um, you know, in a very predictable manner. And so as soon as I see anything that has a laundry list of symptoms associated with it, whether it's injections, whether it's mold, um, whether it's um, the toxins sprayed on food as and, and placing that that is the cause. I just, I'm very questioning of that now. And um, yeah, just every day that I affirm uh, the scientific map and these biological laws in my own body, my partner's body, in you know the, the people around me, the women that I work with, um, I just so far haven't, um, you know, actually found a situation where someone thinks that it's being caused by something external, um, and it actually is. And to me, the way that I, you know, I still eat organic food. Okay, I still sleep on organic bedding. I still turn off my Wi-Fi router at night. I still will never give my child an injection. Okay, and I would also never receive one myself. But I do, I, I no longer see these things as the cause, okay? The way that I orient to these things now is to me, the, 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 um, the cause of symptoms, pretty well exclusively, except on very rare exceptions, 
is a conflict shop. Now, I think that food, what we eat, how we move our bodies, you know, how biologically we live um, determines our capacity. And our capacity, like sort of in two ways. One, our capacity to have a robust, um, integral, you know, high emotional threshold that is not even easily kind of switched over into conflict. We're not always, we're not as conflict prone. We are not constantly in situations that would very easily trigger us um, to have a conflict shock, you know, when we are just feeling healthy, feeling alive. I also think that it gives us greater capacity to handle an intense healing phase. Um, so that's how I relate to these physical things. And, um, you know, I still avoid what I can, but I do not freak about freak out about what I cannot control. It doesn't matter how much I control. I live I live in this world, you know, that is very unbiological. I don't control what's in the air. I don't control what's in a lot of the waterways around me or the soil or, you know, the 5G tower that's, you know, put up in my neighborhood. I don't control these things. What I do control is my own psychological state and, you know, continuing to understand the importance of that. And, and, um, and so, I feel a lot more at peace. <laughs> and I just, I think so much about, you know, these agendas that if you're listening to, you're probably well aware that are going on in the world. And I actually don't think they give a shit if you're afraid of the virus or if you're afraid of them. They don't care what your fear is of. They just care that you feel fear. Because if you feel fear, <laughs> whether it's of them, whether it's of the virus, whether it's what of other people you have injections, if you feel fear, you can be controlled. It doesn't matter what it is you're afraid of. You can be controlled and that fear will be exploited. And, um, and so, you know, I'm just, I'm a lot more judicial myself now of like what I allow myself to get afraid of and for how long and to kind of like get into these fear vortexes and, um, yeah, where, where I spend my psychic energy and, you know, I do not spend time scrolling on Telegram anymore or, um, you know, following people who are very motivated by fear. And it's, it's not like a condemnation. I, I understand like the, um, the good heartedness that I think is at the root of like using fear to kind of encourage people to, to action. But, you know, there is a lot of irony when you know German New Medicine that like these, you know, beautiful mothers who are trying to spread, spread the world word about, let's say, uh, shedding when we speak, you know, what was that a year and a half ago, two years ago now, I don't even remember, um, that in their efforts to like get the information out there and make people aware and protect themselves, we're probably unintentionally, you know, creating conflict shocks in people. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's like on this topic of of poisoning, like fear, <laughs> fear is the ultimate poison. And and that's not in like a woo-woo, like kind of way, you know, it's like a very, in a very practical way, when we get into moments of fear, in moments of overwhelm, in when, when we have a situation of this feeling that is above our capacity to handle, we are without a solution, all of the things that that create a conflict shock, it is translated into a biological adaptation, right? Our body is trying to help us to survive. And um, again, you know, this is co two completely different paradigms from the alternative health world because, you know, when we are saying that, let's take autism, that autism or all these adverse reactions, right? That they are, they are caused by poisons and they are malfunctions of the body. They are things breaking down, not going correctly in the body because of, you know, these, these toxic inputs. But from the perspective of German New Medicine, not only is the cause, like we're, we're differing in terms of our understanding of what is the cause, we think the cause is, is these biological conflict shocks. Also, at an even more fundamental level, uh, there is this knowing that actually even these very intense symptoms, whether they're intense physical symptoms, you know, to the point of um, 
you know, perhaps not living or these intense behavioral adaptations, like there is a, a biological intelligence behind them. They actually aren't malfunctions. They actually make sense in the context of evolution and biology. And um, it's because we live so unbiologically that these special biological programs, you know, reach such a conflict load that, that they kind of become in opposition to our survival in some sense. Um, you know, that's not, it's not because at their root, they are an expression of malfunction, right? It's that because we live in a culture that um, pushes our bio biology, uh, you know, beyond its capacity. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just completely different, right? And, um, and to me, it feels like, wow, I have a lot more control. I have a lot more sovereignty. Um, because of course, yes, I, I do. I have sovereignty over my food and I, and I take plenty of action, right? To, to lower my toxic input in life. But there are many ways where I don't have sovereignty over that. But I do the one thing that until my dying day, even if I am forced an injection, I am put on a train to some camp in the middle of nowhere. What do I have sovereignty over? I have sovereignty over my mind. I have sovereignty over my thoughts. That is the one thing that nothing else can touch. If I don't let the fear put its little hands into my brain. And um, yeah, so so really kind of like learning and experiencing Germany medicine, my body has like been this process of like, you know, taking these tentacles of fear out of my brain. And I just feel them slowly, slowly recede, you know, with each symptom resolution, with each story that I hear, with each person that I talk to. And um, and that is freedom. For me, that feels wonderful. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I hope this has been um interesting <laughs> and um as always you can um find me on instagram at freya kellett and join my free email list at substack um i have sort of been saying for a while i have this two and a half hour introduction to the five biological laws and um you know it's very comprehensive but also very simple and um what I hope is just a very kind of easeful uh, introduction to Germany medicine. Um, you know, this is basically the video I wish I had three years ago. It would have ooh, majorly, um, you know, sped up my process of learning this information. And I've sort of been procrastinating on sharing it, but I've had a lot of um, really positive feedback from um the woman I work with who's seen this video. So I'm going to share it for free. And um, yeah, if you join my email list, you will have access to that. And yeah, as always, if you have your own stories of resolving conflicts with Germany medicine, I would love to hear them and have you on the podcast. Um, some people have been leaving me like voice notes on Spotify. And if you're listening, I, I can hear them, but I can't... Um, respond to you because I don't like there's no mechanism of I don't know who you are so you need to uh either send me an email or an Instagram message okay if you want to get a hold of me and um yeah 